Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Episode two of the New Truth Podcast, when Catherine interviews Kate. Yay. Who used to be KT. And before that, Angie. And then Andrea. And, oh, and Andrea. Oh, yeah. Wow. So many versions. Wow. So we want you to know who we are and how we each came to follow our truth and Speaking of truth, Kate, let's actually talk first about that, about your journey of changing your name. Yeah. We'll start right from the beginning. Whoa. Okay. It was a dark and stormy night. No, it probably wasn't. It was spring. It was a sunny, beautiful spring day. (laughs) (laughs) On? On May 12th, 1981, a beautiful little Asian-looking baby. (laughs) I was born with jet black hair. No way. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And my parents chose the name Andrea Kathleen Irwin. Um, yeah. Shocker. Wow. wow. <laughs> and um, you're the middle child. Middle child, yeah. So I, my brother was two when I was born. Yeah. And so fast forward. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, throughout my life, I really hated my name. Like, really hated it. Like, even when I was, like, six. I remember just being embarrassed And I think that, you know, if I were to psychoanalyze it right now, um, I think that it's, you know, really fascinating that someone else names us before we're even a human. And that, and some people don't even like the person that named us. (laughs) Like if you have an unhealthy relationship with your parents, I thankfully have a good one, but you know, someone else chooses our identity, which is so you know, we're going to talk so much about that, but like so much of who we are and who we think we are was conditioned and name is such a big part of that. And my multiple changes of my name really like are the work that I do in the world with my clients. And I didn't know that till after, but, um, yeah. So Andrea Irwin was the first iteration of my name and I always felt embarrassed of it. I always, I remember when kids would ask me my name, I'd feel a little bit like, Oh, I'm like, there's some, I don't know. I just, I felt, I felt uncool when I was a kid and it just didn't feel like me. And then my friends called me Ange, my best friend, uh, Lindsay growing up called me Ange. It, when she, her mom says when she was really little, she couldn't pronounce my name. So that's what she heard. <laughs> And so I went by Ange as the older I got because it was my nickname. So I preferred it, but I still really didn't like it. And I remember when I moved to Australia in my early 20s, I changed my resume to Ange Irwin because I was like, I'm in Australia. Nobody knows me. I'm going to go by what I want to go by, but still didn't really love my name. 
And then when I fast forward to 25, I met a handsome fella who ended up becoming my boyfriend of five years. But when we first met, he told me a story um, about how he went by the name Charlie back home in New Brunswick. And I, uh, and in, pardon me, he went by the name Chris in New Brunswick, his middle name. Um, and his, he has this beautiful name, Charles Christian is his first and middle name. And he, his parents called him Chris, even though his name was Charles Christian. And so he um, would go by Charlie in Vancouver when he, when he started his acting career. And there's more to that story, but it's not about him. Um, so I first met him and he told me that story and I was like, oh, I'm so jealous. And he said, why? And I said, because like, I wish I could change my name. I hate my name. And he said, well, why don't you? And I thought, well, because it's weird. Like, why would I change my name? People will judge me. That would be so weird. I was so insecure. I was 25 beginning of my awakening journey and he was like you actually want to go by a name you hate for the rest of your life like what if you're on this planet for another 70 years you want to go by a name you hate and I was like okay that's a really good point so we started playing with my middle name my middle name is Kathleen and he started calling me Kathleen and I was like no that's not it he said Kate and I was very like bubbly and girly and not quite a woman yet so I wasn't ready for Kate and I was like no that's not it what about Katie I like the name Katie. I really like Katie's. And so he just started calling me Katie for fun. And then we were just friends at the time. And he was introducing me to his friends and his family came out to visit. And he's like, this is my friend Katie. And then they all were just calling me Katie. And it felt so weird at first. Felt like a total fraud. And then eventually I was like, yeah, this is who I am. So I went by Katie and then eventually I started teaching and coaching and leading workshops. And I was leading these retreats. Um, I was in the business realm before I got into the love realm and I was teaching all of these, these powerful men and women that were older than me, like way older. <laughs> and I looked really young and I had this sweet bubbly voice and I was Katie and my mentor was like, oh, Kate. And eventually I, I really landed on Kate and was like, okay, I'm a woman now. And so I went by Kate and then um, a year before I launched my business, I was like, I'm going to be known one day. I'm going to be out there writing books and like be interviewed and I'm going to be known, have a really, really popular, famous podcast. And I, <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want to be known as Kate Irwin. There's another last name for me. And so I just, I set the intention, let it go. And then I was sitting in the bath one night and I heard like two days later and I heard Harlow and that was my great grandma. I had studied my genealogy in one of my counselor's training programs and my great grandfather's middle name was Harlow. And he was this great man, like super, he had four PhDs. He lived in Sydney, Australia. He was Australian, moved to LA in the 1940s, was a preacher at an evangelical church. And it was like all African-American people in the church and they absolutely adored him. And he was this little Caucasian Australian man, <laughs> like with a funny accent. And he was just loved and adored for his bright light. And I was like, that's it, Kate Harlow. And so I spent a year getting to know Kate Harlow. Who is Kate Harlow? What's different from her than who I am? And I, and I awakened what I call in the work I do with women, my heroine, and became who I really am. Instead of going by this name that someone else chose for me, I stepped into being who I am, and that's Kate Harlow. For wow. now. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Such a powerful story, and I didn't know that. Yeah. 
And why this is so fun is even though we've been friends for so long, we're going to spend so many more years getting to know each other. Totally. And we think we know yeah. our partner when we fall in love with them after two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and then we know who they are. And I, I'm so glad we started with your story about your name yeah. because this is the new truth. We want everyone to challenge. We're challenging everything. Yeah. Right. And starting with everyone listening right now yeah what's your relationship to your name yeah right do how you hate it do you love right? it do you hate it? it tell us you? tell Does us comment. comment on this episode tell yeah. us about your name and we'll I save know. my name story for yes. my interview but that that was so powerful yeah i love it i love all of that and what a gift charlie gave you yeah oh my god the hugest for him to be on your yeah. side with that like yeah. well, why can't you change yeah. it who you are yeah typical actor because <laughs> they change their names all the time there's so many well-known actors who are who go by a different name and I just think like it's so cool because my clients do this they go through this right. process they don't actually change their name some, <laughs> some of them do but they name their heroine who they who they're stepping into and the woman that they're becoming and I think like every single time I changed my name, I became so, so drastically different. Like who Andrea Irwin was versus Kate Harlow. But does Not it feel I person. became drastically different or I gave myself permission to be to who I be am? Who I yeah. am. Damn. drastically different from how I was showing up in the world yes. and how I was yes. showing up in the world was a very small people pleaser, like worried about everyone. You know, I was so insecure, hated myself, loved everyone else. Like, I was a conditioned version of myself because I was, as we all were, shut down over and over and over again for being who I was as a kid. And um, yeah, and so Kate Harlow, like every iteration of my name has allowed me to reclaim more aspects of myself. And let's talk about childhood. Yeah. Like, let's start from the beginning, right? Tell us about your family. So you're- They are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy awesome. <laughs> the story of becoming Kate Harlow. Okay. Well, back when I was Andrea Irwin, I grew up in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, North Vancouver, for those of you who know Vancouver. Um, very, very blessed. We are sitting in my apartment right now with the craziest view of the ocean and mountains, and this is where I grew up. It's a very beautiful, sought-after, most expensive <laughs> my place to live place. in North America. It's been voted the one of the top three countries in the world to live many times. Um, it is amazing. I feel blessed to be Canadian. I feel blessed to be polite. No, <laughs> I feel blessed to live in such a beautiful part of the world. Um, and you know, except when it rains every day, then I go on long trips to Australia or whatever. And Greece. And Greece. Yeah. Often to Greece. Um, but my, I grew up with two brothers. Um, I have an older brother named Jamie. He's two years older, younger brother named Jordan, who's three years younger. So I'm in the middle. Um, usually middle child, middle children get the short end of the stick, but being the only girl I was favored, I think <laughs> I'm not anymore, but, <laughs> um, and yeah, my mom and dad are still married. Um, they have been together for about, I think 45 years. Wow. Yeah. They, and you met them. Yes. So, so sweet. And they're, Sweetest. they're adorable. Like they really have a healthy relationship. Um, you know, I still think maybe it's in the old paradigm, but we'll talk a lot about that, but they grew up in a different time. And my mom and dad, I mean, their life now is so rich. It's so full. They have great friends. 
they have lots of balance in their relationship. My dad goes on guys weekends, my mom goes on girls trips, they, they sing together in choir, they golf together, they travel together, but they travel with their best friends and then they go on their own for a bit and they're just like, they're totally in love still, like 45 years later, they're super cute. Did you want their love story? No. <laughs> yeah, so like, tell me about that. Yeah. yeah, so you, did you even realize that you were in a home of happiness and like, and healthy parents? I did want their love story when I was younger, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, till I was 30. Till I, I started really, re till I became Kate Arlo, <laughs> actually. Yeah, so you did? Yeah. You did grow up wanting I did, love. very much. Yeah. yeah, very much. And so I started out, you know, first crush was in fifth grade, or sixth grade. I was at Keats camp. This guy who ended up being <laughs> oh, like, oh, my boyfriend. Oh, first crush. <laughs> he was just like, so cute. I didn't even know what a crush was, I don't think. And he was just so cute. And so I actually still have a crush on him. I saw him at my 20-year reunion. Uh, but he's so he was so cute. And he was super, like, funny and playful and, and just so charming and sweet. And he, like, just couldn't take his eyes off this other girl. And he was obsessed with her. I, I mean, from my perspective. And it was so interesting because back then, I think that's the moment that I disassociated from myself, thinking I needed to be different. Because I remember trying to get his attention and trying to, like, have him see me. And he, it was like, I was one of the boys. Like, he didn't really see me, it felt like. I, I it's funny because we, I ended up dating him when I was 18. So <laughs> he knows this whole story. But, um. I just, I, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that girl, I need to be like her. To the, to the degree that I went home from camp in grade six and convinced my mom and dad to let me dye my hair red so I could be more like her. Yep. I dyed my hair red mm -hmm. and I became pen pals with her. She moved to England right after we got home from camp. I became pen pals with her and I was like, you're my idol, I love you so much. And we had this like pen pal relationship and I told everyone she was my idol, like in grade six. And I totally just disconnected, like, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not, you know, interesting enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not this enough. And, and that was the beginning of a really, really long road of wanting to be chosen, yeah. you know, wanting to, the fairy tale story playing out. Um, and then I started having these, like, then I had a boyfriend in seventh grade. And then I had who left me for the girl next door. <laughs> That's another story. I won't get too into it. And then in great, I remember getting to high school and I think I had a boyfriend like every other week. It was a new boyfriend. And then sometimes they'd last for a month, two months. And then by the time I got to 10th grade, I had a long-term relationship. My best friend turned into, um, we turned into a couple for, I think, like maybe two years. Mm. And we did everything together. <laughs> I remember playing our wedding song, like our, this was our, I was like, this is our wedding song. And it was Shania Twain from this moment. And my Good song. friend Darren was like, yeah, you're not going to get married. You guys are in high school. And I was like, what yes, are you talking are. about? He, we're in love. This is my soulmate. We're going to be together forever. He is the one. I know it was like, you're, yeah, you're still, still the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I was certain he was the one and we were going to get married. And I convinced, like, my parents were really close with his family. Our dogs were brother and sister. We got puppies at the same time. 
and we convinced our parents we were going to get married and like I went to Ireland with his family to visit his dad and his his aunts and uncles and just like so so close inseparable I slept mm -hmm. over at his house all the time convinced my parents that I was to let me have sleepovers with him in 10th 11th 12th grade and when that relationship came to an end then I got together with my first crush and was with him for a year and a half and it was like he's the one oh my god <laughs> like whatever same 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 and told all my friends I was so excited and became so close with him and his family and his mom and I were like so so tight and you know he became part of my family and whatever and then when we broke up then the next one was the one and the next one was the one and the next one was one and then there was the one that I met who brought me to Australia let's talk about it oh that was a good one <laughs> so this is the ultimate fantasy story um, I was working for a natural health healthcare company. This is before I was even healthy, but <laughs> I somehow, it was like a, a glimpse into my future. Um, I was working for a natural body care company and they took me, they asked me to come to a, um, a what are they called? Trade show in mm. Anaheim. And I was like, cool, trip to California. And I was, at the time I was 22. And it was a really, really tough time in my life. My best friend in the whole entire world, like this closest, still to this day, probably closest man I've ever had to my heart, like mm. just deep friendship, um, passed away, he took his life actually. Um, that's a story for another day, but he passed away and I was in a really dark time and needing light. And then they invited me to this California trip and I, and I thought, oh, this is good. And it was kind of like the thing that pulled me out. And then we get to California and we get to this event and there are these Aussie guys at the booth next to us. And this is the year that Ugg Boots came out. Like Ugg Boots were all the rage. And I was like working with this company, not making very much money and did not have money to buy Ugg Boots, but I wanted them so bad. And I, by the end of the event, I said to my boss, I'm going to go over there. And I was working for these French people and this guy, this French, like typical French man, he was just like, he was like, that is ridiculous. Like what you I said, I'm going to go over there and see if one of them will send me Ugg boots. He goes, you're ridiculous. I can't, I can't do a French accent. <laughs> um, so he was just like shutting me down for it, whatever, making fun of me. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to go ask. So I went over and I just asked this group of guys, Hey, I'm from Canada and Ugg boots are really cool right now. And I imagine they're cheaper in Australia. Could one of you send me these boots? And this guy steps forward. He's so like maybe one of the most handsome faces I've ever seen. And he's like, he steps forward. And he's like, well, my sister's in the fashion industry. I can send you a boots. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave him my business card, wow. my address to the office. And I was like, if you could send them here and I'll send you the money. And, and I laughed and my boss made fun of me. And he's like, as if this guy's going to send you boots. And I thought, well, whatever, I have nothing to lose. And I'm sure enough, a week later, I get them in the mail. Wow crazy and I sent him an email let me know how much I owe you including shipping and he said you know you have a genuine sweet presence and you look like an angel just go out of your way and do something nice for someone that's unexpected and we'll call it even hook line and sinker <laughs> I win oh you had me at a oh boot. what a story you met at a trade show the love of my life it sent me up boots no, 
That is not how the story turned out. <laughs> so he came here for three weeks. We wow. he met all my family. He came to a wedding at my ex-boyfriend's. Wait, did house. you invite him here? Yeah, he came for three okay. weeks. Okay, sorry, I skipped. Yeah. I skipped part of the story. I mean, this is just too good. I skipped part of the story. So <laughs> we texted, we emailed. The emails got longer and longer. Every day I'd wake up in the morning, and there'd be a long email from him, and then I'd send him one or one back. We'd MSN chat. Wow. We'd phone. This is pre-Facebook, pre-texting, really. We'd MSN chat, we'd email, we'd talk on the phone, and I was just like, oh my God, I'm marrying this guy, I'm moving to Australia. My grandmother's from Australia, so I was like, this it's is meant to be. <laughs> so meant to be. I'm meant to live somewhere sunny. So I um, I brought him to, to Vancouver for three weeks, and he met all my family, we traveled around, we went to a wedding at my ex-boyfriend's parents' house, which was super interesting, because I had this hot Australian man on my arm, and and it was fun and I yet started to like see our differences and feel the um, yeah, disconnect. And my mom was like, are you sure you want to move to Australia? And I was like, oh yeah, of course, I'm going. She could feel the, that it wasn't right. But of course it was right. It was what I needed to go through. So sure enough, a couple months later, I packed up Halloween. I moved to Australia. I was 22 or 23, 23. I moved to Australia and I moved in with him and he had got this apartment. And anyways, I'm not going to go deep into the story. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but he was not aligned with me um, and was a little bit controlling, I'll say. I, but owning my part, I was I was very passive and was controllable. And the only reason why I was in a relationship with someone who was controlling is because I was controllable. And I feel like we have to pause yeah. to... If you're listening and you notice a little ping in your heart, like you got excited for her and how awesome yes. that this hot man just came out of nowhere yes. at the trade show, that's the fantasy programming. Yeah. So just notice, yeah. right? Because totally. you're talking about how could you not have been swept, yeah. right? You're doing exactly. beautiful on being yeah. accountable right yeah. now, but it's literally all of us have been plugged so like true. we just got a little button that was pushed inside yeah. of our bodies totally. when we were little girls like, oh, we yeah. because yeah. of course how can you imagine if that had worked out oh yeah. i went and asked for ugg boots yeah. then he sent me ugg boots yeah. then this total stranger came across the world to stay with me for sounds three weeks. Like a movie. Right. Sounds like a rom-com. Right. So just notice yes. if as you're listening, just notice those pings. Yes. Right. Notice all throughout your day if you notice the ping. When you're watching yeah. a movie. Totally. When I you're listening that. to anyone's story. Yeah. Right. And it's not bad or wrong, but just notice it's not yours. Totally. It's not yours. Yeah. And you got swept by something. So beautiful accountability. The idea of it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You were willing to give your entire life up totally. for a total stranger I literally sold and everything. to Australia. I got rid of, of my course. stuff. And of I, course. and you know, okay, so I'll tell you a little bit more about the story. When I got there, I was so excited and I was like, oh, I live in Australia now. And like, we have this beautiful apartment in the West Van of Australia. Well, I guess those <laughs> people aren't from Vancouver. Mossman, it was like this fancy, expensive neighborhood in Sydney, Australia. And I was like over the moon with fantasy telling all my friends and family, everything's amazing, da da da. And it wasn't until about two months later, I had friends, my best friend from home's little sister and her friends who knew me really well came, they were going backpacking and they mm -hmm. came and stayed in our apartment for four nights. And every single one of them pulled me aside and said, you are not the same. And when I was like, what? Him. Yeah. They said, you need to leave this relationship. You are not the same. You are a very dim version of yourself. 
And I, they're like, I was like, what do you mean? I didn't even know how much I had dimmed myself down. He was like controlling our money, the money I was making. He was, he was like telling me how, what to eat. And some of it, his advice is now things I do, like telling me to meditate, telling me to eat healthy, telling me to go to the gym. Like I was like shrinking and shrinking and shrinking because he was like my dad basically. But you didn't know no. who you were when no. you went over there, and no. th and that's it, right? We don't know who we are, yeah. and we look for the world to tell us. We yeah. look for a man, yeah. to tell exactly. us exactly, and then to have a good story, right? How yes. many people yes. want a, a dreamboat engagement story, or how many people have I heard that are like, oh, I don't like clients I work with. Oh, yeah. like, I don't want to meet someone online because of the right. story. Like, who's the story for? Who's the story so for? Painful. It's like all yeah. we care about is what other people think as opposed to how we feel. And so had I known what I know now, I felt awful. I felt sick the whole time I was with him. I felt so sick. And there's way more to the story. I won't go deep into it. But anyway, so I ended up staying in Australia. I broke up with him. I had an angel. Like uh, it's, there's such a good story, but it's, it's, I won't go magical trip and some some challenging things happened while I was there as well then I found great love I had an amazing relationship with a man who I was just in Sydney actually in November and we hadn't seen each other in 12 years we had dinner and I just like yeah I had I pedestaled him actually and uh, so seeing him kind of took him off the pedestal that I kept him on but I just he was such a loving guy and his family was great and I stayed with him for a while and just ended up having a beautiful end to the trip. And then I came home and then I got into a relationship with Charlie who helped me with my name change. I was with Charlie for many years. So it was like nonstop. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I met Charlie, I remember being at Christmas dinner with my family and I said to my cousin, this is the one. And my cousin's like, um, Katie, you have said that about every guy you've been with. And I was like, no, I haven't. She's like, yeah, you moved to Australia for the one. Then you went there and you met another one, brought him home. And then like, she's like, you've been saying that since we were like 10. And I didn't know, but I was like so hooked into the fantasy. And when I was single, every time, like in Australia, those, those four months between the one guy and the next one, I was in agony being single. I remember working at a pub. All my friends were a little bit younger than me. They were like 19, 20 because I was working in pubs and I was 23. And I remember they all had boyfriends and I was like, do you have any single friends? Do you have any single friends? Do you have any single friends? I literally was like desperate, which is so not good for a projector. <laughs> like, you know, I think you, how about you? How about you? Like just desperate to find love because of the pain I felt being single because of the shame it's not, not just not good for a projector it's not good for anyone. anyone and it's just because i didn't know i i, I mean i didn't know what i know now there's so much shame for women around being single and that there's some hierarchy like we believe that being in relationship means you've made it because of the story we've been fed our whole lives and it's fucking bullshit but i was so deep in it i was so addicted to we love. all are yeah until we listen to the new truth podcast oh, no, I, yeah <laughs> I was so addicted to love until I le until I left my relationship with Charlie to find myself and to shift my relationship within. And that's when I started experiencing like real healthy love. And it really is with me. And I think it's important for women to hear about what it took for you to leave Charlie, because yeah. 
when we hear my story, it's really easy when it's such a terrible relationship and we're all rooting for the woman yeah. to leave. But Charlie was a good man. Yeah. And you had it going yes. on. Yeah. And there, I'm sure there are women listening yeah. that had somebody who looked great on paper yes. and had the courage to follow their truth yeah. and their alignment. And so tell us a little bit. Yes. About and that. so many women, so many women I work with are who got, who are divorced now i work with a lot of divorced women knew they had that feeling that i had with charlie but they didn't follow their truth they followed the storyline yeah. that they were told to follow yeah. and so that's what almost happened with charlie so we were together yeah, yeah so we were together for five years and we in the first three years it was so beautiful like so romantic he was he was the most romantic. He's an actor. He's, he's like a theater actor, just super loving and super, he's really saw me and adored me and thought I was the most beautiful woman in every room. It was just like such a good partner. He's from a small town in New Brunswick. He's like super, super small town, like genuine, good values, amazing family, amazing mom and dad who was really close to, he was very close to my family. Oh my God. Like they still are obsessed with him. My dad and him are like the same person. My dad's a theater actor as well. So like just everybody loved him. My brothers loved him. My brothers didn't really click with any guys I dated, not because they're protective, just because they didn't care. And then they met Charlie and they were like, oh yeah. We love <laughs> and he was just, he was the fam part of the family. And so we were together from 25 to 30. And when I was, when I was with my friends that I grew up with in North Van, they were all starting to get married. It was kind of like a small town, like 27, 28. All my friends started to get married. I was a bridesmaid 10 times. I think I said that in another. I still can't believe Yeah. That. Yeah. We'll talk about well, that. One, first of all, that speaks to the sisterhood. Yeah. Cause I feel so lucky. You know, we have to, yes, it's crazy to be a bridesmaid that many times, Yeah. but it also speaks to who you are as a friend. Yeah. Right? Please yeah. own that. Aww, and you. okay, I'm sure there's women who just choose a million people in their life to be a bridesmaid because then it looks like they have lots of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I was pretty I close with everyone. Too. Yeah, no, they were all very <laughs> close friends. I had like, I've been called a friend slot before. I've, ta I've <laughs> taken it down now. I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of people, but my best friends are a yeah. smaller group. Um, but back in the day, I was best friends with everybody <laughs> except myself. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I I was like bridesmaid, bridesmaid again and again, a groomsman once for my brother. <laughs> and that was the funnest, actually. Groomsman is way easier than a bridesmaid. <laughs> it's like a way better job. I was like, can I do anything? They're like, what? No. What do you mean? I'm like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> So anyways, Charlie and I, um, like we would went to all these weddings. Actually, he, that's not true. He could barely come to any of them because he was an actor and he was in shows. So I went to a lot of weddings alone, <laughs> but every time I hung out with my girlfriends who were married or getting married, guess what they would say. When are you getting married? When are you and Charlie getting married? Oh my God. It's been like three years. Is he going to propose soon? Like what's going on? When are you getting married? We're going to have kids soon. You got to have kids. So I started to feel the pressure, even though my internal body was like, no, it was just like this really strong, no, but I didn't even know what it was. I didn't know that was my intuition, my internal GPS. I had no idea. I was so disconnected from my body, kept ignoring it, kept ignoring it, started gaining weight. Like that's usually a tell. I put on 18 pounds when I was with Charlie. 
And um, I, so, and I think it's because I just kept trying to ignore my truth, ignore my truth, ignore my truth. And I was, I was like slowly losing my, well, I never had myself, but you know what I mean? A losing self in relationship. Yeah, and yeah. I have clients who talk yeah. about getting sick. Yeah. yeah. Getting sick, yes. having back pain, stomach pain, totally. headaches all the time. And your and body's not, like screaming at you. not knowing. Totally. Oh, I just need to take Advil. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just right. numb the pain, or lose weight, do a diet. Yeah, didn't work. Oh, I actually have to leave this relationship. I have to listen to my body and my soul and like my gut, like what's actually true. But it was so hard because I didn't yes. know what I didn't know. I didn't, there's no podcast to listen to. <laughs> so I was in such confliction because I was so confused. I had this man who literally this guy, I mean, I just saw him in a show last week. He is perfect. He is so handsome. He's so kind. He's so generous. He is the, one of the sweetest, most amazing humans I've ever met. He loved and adored me. He's very successful at his craft. He was supportive of me doing my thing. Like literally on paper, this relationship was perfect. He was perfect. He was the dream guy. The dream. Literally yeah. the dream. Family loved him. Like he literally was the dream. And yet something inside of me was screaming, no. And I believe, well, I, I think that he obviously he's meant to be with his wife now because she's an actor <laughs> named Kate. <laughs> she's an actor and she they are amazing together. Um, and he is meant to be with an actor for sure. Like it's just, it, I'm so happy for him. But I, when I got the clarity, like it took me a year, I brought my honesty to him. I kept sharing the discord. The feeling was that I couldn't fully spread my wings here. And it wasn't because of him. It was because I had been in relationship my whole life. And I was a serial relationship person. And I remember crying to him one night and I was like, I need to live by myself. I've never even lived alone. I couldn't even be alone for five minutes. Like Charlie would be doing his shows and I'd be on the phone the whole time or hanging out with my girlfriends. I hated myself. I was fiercely jealous crazy jealous. Oh yeah. And then I attract an actor who has to kiss people for a living. Like that's <laughs> another story. But I was in so much torturous pain being in relationship and I was in torturous pain being oh. single. So I knew that there was, and I was already five years into my journey of becoming a coach and all my counseling training and all of this. I had been working on my own personal like journey, which is probably why I couldn't deny it anymore yeah. Yeah. Uh, that I knew like I need to learn how to love myself in my life without a man and that's what I did and I got my own first apartment that came to me super magically and I fell in love with my life to the degree I did have a few short-term lovers and boyfriends and dated a guy six years younger than me who was so fun <laughs> he's so fun he's still I just adore him um but I I learned to love myself in my life so much that I was like, I never want a boyfriend again. Like, why would I ever give this up? I can flirt with whoever I want to. I can have sex with whoever I want to. I can do whatever I want. I can live my life. I can live my life, like really live and be who I am. And nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's telling me who to be. Nobody's holding me back. Nobody's suppressing me. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, asking me to consider them when I considered everyone but myself my whole entire life, I found me. I found me. And then people kept saying, oh, you're going to meet someone now that you want to be on your own. <laughs> and that's when I met Jeff. Yeah.
Yeah. And when did the, so you had been coaching, yeah. but when did the, I'm a relationship coach or when am I meant to now teach about women, love? love? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even identify with relationship coach. I help women transform their relationship with themselves. And that mm-hmm. was my journey. And that, um, that, I mean, I started getting curiosity about that when I started my really dropping into my journey, but I'd say about four and a half years ago, I've been coaching for 13 years. I've been coaching since before anyone knew what a coach was. People were like, what, you're a soccer coach? You're a basketball coach? Like, no, a life coach. (laughs) What's that? Okay. So, um, so I've been coaching for a really long time. I've coached thousands of people all over the world. I've led retreats and seminars and workshops and overcame a huge fear of public speaking. I've done a lot of coaching (laughs) in many capacities in many ways, but my love uh, coaching, helping women really awaken that love within and that change their relationship with themselves um, began about four and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. Such a powerful story. And at this point, what are you, I'm so happy to be doing this podcast with you. Oh my God. I love you you so much. And what are you most excited about talking about here? Like what, what's everyone going to get to hear from you as they continue listening on our podcast? A lot of people saying a lot. I fucking love swearing. It feels so good. (laughs) Um, What lights me up the most is that I believe that women are rising now more than ever. We're seeing women take a stand, the Me Too movement, the Time's Up movement. Women are no longer tolerating the bullshit, abuse, sexual harassment, crap we have tolerated for lifetimes. And yet the one place I see even the most powerful, confident, successful women give their power away is love. Yep. It's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. It makes me want to throw up. You see <laughs> that happen on the regular. Like when people are like, I'm engaged. She proposed. Like, I don't even know what to say anymore because so much. And the problem is not the engagement, the proposal, the wedding, the marriage. None of that is the problem. The, the problem is where is it coming from? And most women are just walking through life with their eyes closed, walking through life with a blindfold on following somebody else's fucking path that they didn't even carve out for themselves, going by a name that they didn't choose for themselves, wearing fashion styles that they didn't choose, changing their faces to make them look more like how we've been taught beauty is supposed to look rather than being who they are. Every woman is beautiful. Every woman is powerful. Every woman is sensual, sexual, magical, brilliant, gifted, every fucking woman. We just forgot who we were because we've been fed a message over and over again of who to be and what we're supposed to look like and that we're nothing unless we have love and that we're nothing unless we have a man and that we're nothing unless the man proposes to us, gives us a big diamond and a house, chooses us, shows up for us fully, is always romantic, stays with us forever and ever and ever and we're all supposed to just be with one fucking person. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. Nobody's life is linear. And like the fact that we're all still striving, like I cannot believe how many people are like, I just want to find my husband. I just want to be a wife. I just want to be a mom. I just want to be like, what about who you are? Like, have you even asked yourself what lights you up and what you love? And like most women are so busy checking all the boxes and then guess what happens? We have an epidemic of depression repression. Depression is repression of who we are. 
We have an epidemic of anxiety, which is just discord. My soul wants that, but my ego mind is telling me I'm supposed to have that. We check all the boxes and wake up one day and feel totally dead inside and think, oh, okay, maybe it's my husband. I should leave him and get another one. Or maybe it's my job. I should leave it and get another one. But guess what? It's because we've spent our whole lives seeking these things outside of ourselves instead of learning how to source from within. So that's my thing. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> drop. I just, this oh. is the emoji that does my drop. I'll send it to you after. They should know that. Kate secretly loves Bitmojis. Oh, yeah. We need to know that. If you become friends with me, we will Bitmoji. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything else you want to say? I mean, your story is so powerful. You are so brilliant. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. Mm, and you this, yeah, anything else you want to say? That I'm in love with you. Oh, I'm in love with you. And I'm in love with all of the women who have had the courage to click listen yes. on our podcast. Yes. Right, and, and, oh, I want to say that love yeah. goes way beyond some guy. It's like when you have your heart open and you know your boundaries, which will show you exactly how to do both of those things, you walk through the world with your heart open, you get to fall in love every day. And the problem with what I call the old paradigm of love, where women are so fucking tiny, waiting to be chosen, waiting for the guy, waiting for the husband, waiting for the, uh, sitting in the house, wait, like having dinner with the same dude every night. The problem is we shut off our hearts and we like, oh, I'm going to save my love only for this one person. But then you shut off from love because that's not love. True love. Like I'm looking at Catherine right now and I'm like madly in love with this woman. Like Andrew, look out. <laughs> I am madly in love with her and I can be in love with her and, you know, so many other women and so many men. And I actually do go through lesbian phases every once in a while. My partner, Jeff, is very supportive of it. Not actually technically, but I haven't gone there yet. But I have crushes on women all the time. I fall in love everywhere I go. And it's beautiful. I mean, I've been in a relationship with my partner, Jeff, for five years and I'm fully who I am, and I fully fall in love every day, and he, and I'm with someone who can handle that, because that's the new paradigm of love, is to be who you are in relationship, and if your relationship is stopping you from having your heart open, it's stopping you from playing and flirting, and, and, you know, being who you are in your radiance, and your magnitude, then it is not a healthy relationship, or it's an old paradigm old relationship. Paradigm relationship relationship so we'll show you how to bring free of that thank you thank you so much more to come what about from my favorite Kate. color oh let's tell everyone about your favorite color <laughs> my favorite color is pink but not the kind that you think <laughs> what kind or not the reason you think pink we were going to talk about favorite we had a list of questions and i like that one <laughs> so it's not like oh i'm a girl i like pink but I've had my color palette done, which is based on your own natural coloring. And it like what it does is when you wear colors in your color palette, it makes you more beautiful because your own natural coloring stands out. Your face stands out instead of your clothes. Life-changing. Look up jenniferbutler.com. Um, yeah, it's totally life-changing. But I pink right now is my favorite. I go through phases. Pink is my favorite color. Soft pink. That is, it's my skin tone. I mean, I'm not, I'm pretty pink, actually. I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm pretty pink. I just saw myself in the camera. I'm pretty pink. But um, it's a soft, like the really light pink that you see everywhere right now. And I love it so much because it's my vulnerability color. In, when you get your color palette done, each color has an emotional symbolism to it. 
and I feel the most like raw and real when I'm wearing it. So I love it. And I have pink pillows and pink bed sheet bed sheets and <laughs> duvet cover and pink t-shirt. And yeah. you look beautiful in pink. And you pink. taught me about that, right? About what it means to choose clothes that actually highlight you yes. rather than choose clothes because the clothes are beautiful. Yeah. Right? And there, I mean, there's so much to talk about and that's why you're going to keep listening. So thank you for listening to getting to know Kate and we'll see you on the next episode. I hope you liked it. Thank you for listening to the new truth podcast. You are a woman first throw away the fairy tale story so that you can have the real thing and a life that you freaking love. If you loved what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and share it with all of the amazing women in your life who need to hear this message. And it's all women. Every woman. <laughs> like every woman you know. Share it with your grandma. You can find us on Instagram at The New Truth Podcast and our website, thenewtruthpodcast.com. Sign up to receive your free gift from us. The three major myths about love keeping you settling, sacrificing, and sabotaging your relationships. Go get it while it's hot. Get it. Stay tuned for our next episode. See you soon. See you soon.